What happens when two dudes, one a retired Navy SEAL commander in Colorado Springs, and the other a hippie meditation teacher in New York City, get together to discuss living mindfully? That's a great question, because we don't know what will happen either. Raw, uncut, and unapologetic. Welcome to Men Talking Mindfulness with co-hosts John McCaskill and Will Schneider. Each week, we take an authentic dive into how mindfulness continually impacts our lives, deepens our relationships, and allows us to be emotionally alive. We filter all of our conversations through the man box, where we unpack how as men we are expected to act in society, how fighting the authentic human experience is exhausting and damaging, and how mindfulness can help. If you would like to listen live, join Will and John every Friday at 12.30 Eastern Time on IG Live at handle at willnotfear. We take each IG episode and upload them straight to this podcast. So happy you're tuning in to Men Talking Mindfulness. Now, on to the show. Hello, hello. Welcome, everybody, to Back to Men Talking Mindfulness. Um, I, r- announcement right away. I'm going to be doing this show solo today. Um, John had um, life come up, life come up for John today, so we can unfortunately cannot make our um, show today. Okay, and there we go. So uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. So I thought uh, it would be interesting since to stay along with the topic of meditation that um, we're going to talk about my experience with Vipassana meditation, which some of you might have heard of or maybe not have heard of. Um, and it's just a particular type of meditation I'm going to talk about today and what it is. It's actually like a 10-day um, meditation retreat, which is really intense. Um, but please, uh, get involved. Like, uh, Bring your questions to me uh, regarding anything about meditation. Um, or if you've, if you've experienced Vipassana or if you thought about Vipassana meditation, please, um, I invite you to... Um, get involved in the conversation as well, and maybe I'll even bring somebody on uh, if you, uh, you know, I can bring on a quick little guest uh, during the show as well. So uh, welcome and thank you so much for being here and showing up. And it's a bonjour, and uh, it's always great to share. And you know, it is men talking mindfulness. Um, usually we have this conversation with John, um, but we're going to go solo today, and and this is a space for everybody. Um, to come and uh, understand mindfulness on a deeper level and how can how it can impact their lives and re- their relationships and their work, everything that goes involved. I really enjoy um, John and I's um, conversations and also looking at things, uh, especially particularly for men. Yeah, um, and we like to invite more men into this conversation because the ladies out there, you guys have always seen the kind of get um, the importance of at least some sort of reflection or at least um, talking about your feelings and, and in community with other women or, uh, or other people in your life. Or men, we have a lot of trouble often asking for help um, and pursuing help or where to look for help or uh, help even seeming as a weakness. So uh, welcome once again to the show. And let's just jump in and we'll talk about Vipassana meditation. So I'm gonna turn off the comments here just so I can um, you know, just so I can focus a little bit more. And please send me some love. I love getting some little some of those hearts flowing up um, when things are kind of working and hitting hitting you. So Vipassana meditation. I have some notes here uh, that I'm just going to kind of, you know, utilize to keep me on track here. Uh, this is uh, new to me as well uh, to kind of be solo for a good 40, 45 minutes. 
Um, but actually, uh, I'm going to start with a quote, um, which, you know, I love quotes on this show. It helps. Uh, it's a nice little thread. So I'm going to read this quote, uh, and then we're going to sit, and we're going to actually drop into a little meditation ourselves, just for a couple minutes, just to kind of ground ourselves, and then we'll explore and talk more about what this Vipassana meditation is all about and how it can help you. Okay, so the quote is by um, Pascal. And I started hearing this quote quite a bit at the beginning of the pandemic, and here's why. And Pascal says, all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly uh, in a room alone. Think about that, I'll say that again. So all of humanity's problems stems from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. That's, he's not only a philosopher, Pascal, but he is also a scientist. So, very interesting. So let's actually take a moment of silence and we'll do a short little meditation and, um, and just to kind of tap in. So find a seat. Um, you know, I really, it, it's important instead of like kind of change your posture. So sit up a little bit taller, ground your feet on the floor, get more even specific with your hands. You can have your hands ground on your thighs, open up your chest. Close your eyes when you're ready. And let's take a few breaths here. Exhale out, 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 out. Let's take a big breath in. Bigger, bigger, more inhale. Exhale out your mouth. Oh, let's do it again. Big breath in. Exhale, let that go. We'll do one more inhale. Let that go, nice and easy, easy, exhaling, 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 good. Just take a moment and get in touch with the flow of your breath and the experience and the sensations of the breath as it flows in and out of the body. Let's even get more specific. Let's just take the experience of the breath and feel the sensations of the flow of your breath as it passes in and out of your nostrils. See if you can just sharpen and, and, and get acutely intentional by just feeling the flow and the real-time sensations that it's creating in your nostrils. Keep going. It's okay if your mind is wandering. That's what the mind does. But we, ourselves, our will, are this essential effortlessness quality of awareness that we are. This is what the practice is for, to strengthen your relationship to that self. To also exercise the mind so it can become uh, more of a focusing tool instead of a means of creating like chaos and disarray and disruption in our lives. Just a few moments, find the breath and experience the flow of the breath in your nostrils. Just see, take a moment, see where you're holding tension in your body, shoulders, jaw, relax that tension. Really get in touch with yourself physically as well. 
not trying to change all of it, but just notice where you might be holding some tension in your body. Beautiful. Close one big breath in. And exhale, let that breath go out. Open your eyes and you're ready. How are you feeling now? A little bit different? That's what uh, just a simple, even a brief meditation can help you do. It's just to kind of relax the mind and the body. Where Vipassana, right, uh, the practice itself, um, it helps us to purify the mind, to get rid of um, sankara, which are habits, and of, um, of in relationship to ourselves, our feelings, our emotions, our physical self, relationships in our lives, to really get deeper aspects of the mind in order to help us heal the mind and um, create new bonds to ourselves and new relationships to ourselves and other things so we can start making different choices and live a happier, healthier, more loving life. So I'm, I thought it'd be uh, nice to actually read some of the... Um, uh, what Vipassana is, I have the website called, and I'll put this in the notes as well, it's called um, dhamma.org, so D-H-A-M-M-A.org is where you can sign up and, um, and for Vipassana meditation. So what it is, so Vipassana, which means to see things as they really are, Vipassana, means to see things as they really are, is one of India's most ancient techniques of meditation. It was rediscovered by Gautama Buddha, right? The Buddha that we kind of talked to, referred to, the Buddha, more than 2,500 years ago, and it was taught by him as a universal remedy for universal ills, i.e. the art of living. This non-secretarian technique aims for the total eradication of mental impurities and the resultant highest happiness of full liberation. Okay. Vipassana, I'm going to keep going. Vipassana is a way of self-transformation through self-observation. It focuses on a deep interconnection between mind and body, which can be experienced directly by disciplined attention to the physical sensations that form the life of the body. And that uh, continuously intersection and conditions the life of the mind. It is this observation-based self-explanatory journey to the common root of the mind and the body that dissolves mental impurity, resulting in a balanced mind full of love and compassion. Ooh, okay, just two more paragraphs, or two more, two more little excerpts here. Right, the, the scientific laws that operate one, that operates one's thoughts, feelings, judgments, and sensations becomes clear through this technique, through direct experience. The nature of how one grows, or regresses, how one produces suffering or frees oneself from suffering is understood. Life becomes characterized by increased awareness, non-delusion, uh, and self-control and peace. The entire practice is actually a mental training, just as we use physical exercises to improve our bodily health. Vipassana can be used to develop a healthier mind. Oof. God, isn't that a lot of, uh, and it, I'll tell you what, so I'm going to talk about my experiences in Vipassana, I'm going to kind of break down some of the logistics of, of the practice itself, because it is really intense, um, and uh, it's actually a retreat, it's not just like, you know, click a button on your on an app and then do Vipassana, right, so how is this organized, right, Vipassana is actually 10 days, one hours, 100 hours of meditation in noble silence, so it's a 10 day chunk, 
um, 100 hours of meditation um, throughout those 10 days. So you're meditating almost 100 hours. So you're meditating nine to 10 hours a day. And what is more challenging, each sit in Vipassana is one hour. So lots of challenges. And then even to take the challenge up more so we can really begin to see and purify the mind and get to know ourselves on a deeper level, right, is we work with noble silence. And noble silence is absolutely no communication with the outside world, no uh, note taking, no checking your iPhone. Like, I mean, the phone, I put my phone away. It's nice to be away from my phone for so many days. Um, also, no communication with other people, not even giving a look to anybody, not holding a door for anybody, not saying, excuse me, thank you, no eye contact, right? So noble silence, 100%. Um, so no communication. You can't even read a book, nothing. That's noble silence. And it's really challenging. And when I talk about Vipassana to people, or I've been in this Vipassana retreat, and I've done it twice. I did it in August of 2016 and repeated the next year, same time, August of 2017. Um, and it's really helped to, to really change so many aspects of my life. So when I talk about noble silence, people are like, oh, I can't do that. Oh my God, I can't be in silence like that. Uh, and I think you'd be surprised. Like I actually kind of like that part of the as or at that aspect of the practice or just the, the retreat itself. It's not even really part of the practice. It's just the way that um, we, as a group of people, there's 150 students there, 75 women, 75 men. In COVID times right now, they're only doing 25 and 25, so it's very limited. If you're gonna sign up, uh, I suggest signing up months in advance, especially the women out there. The women's um, part of the Vipassana seems to fill up a hell of a lot quicker than men. Um, so if you're gonna sign up, check the website that I'll put in the bottom of this podcast and sign up early and block off that 10 days um, for yourself. Uh, so that's uh, kind of some of the constructs. We, you get up at 4.30 in the morning, right? You start meditating uh, by five. Uh, you have breakfast at 6.30. There's three, uh, uh, there's four group sits that, are, that, mu that you must attend throughout the day. Eight o'clock in the morning, I think there's one at uh, 12 and then you have lunch. There's another one at five, and then you have um, a dinner, not dinner, but it's not really, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, and then you have your evening uh, meditation and discourse. I think that's at eight o'clock at night. Um, and I'll talk about all those things. Uh, so, um, so, so food. Number one, uh, Vipassana meditation is taken, it's, it's donation based, 100%. You don't have to, you know, if you don't have a lot of money, you only want to leave 50 bucks, 100 bucks, or like $1,000 or $2,000. Think about it. You're being taken care of for 10 days. You're giving your food and shelter um, for 10 days. Ten, you just got to get yourself there. Uh, so, whatever that value is for you, whatever's in your pocketbook, they are more than welcome. Um, this organization of Apasana is across the world. I think they have over 140 sites across the, the world, not even our country. I forget how many there are in the States. I know there are two that are very close to New York City. That's where I'm coming to you from today. One is in Shelburne Falls, right? That's in the Berkshires of Massachusetts. Uh, that's the only center I've been to. Apparently, it's one of the best centers in the world. Um, as far as accommodations, and they actually have, they, they completed their pagoda and their temple that is there where we all meditate together. They have these big, giant gold spires on top of the buildings. It's really an impressive facility. The food is great when I was there. Uh, very impressed with the food, the breakfast and the lunches. Dinner, right? Uh, first timers, you can eat um, food at night at the, I think it's the five o'clock, 
I think it's five o'clock or maybe six o'clock, um, the six o'clock dinner, where if you're first time students, all you can have is, is fruit and tea. If you go back and they call you an old student, if you go back, um, there is no food for dinner. None. You can, uh, I think you can have tea, but no food at all, which uh, I appreciate that as well because it helps to um, wake things up in my body a little bit more, make uh, change my relationship or, or at least uh, get to understand myself uh, with regards to, to um, the, uh, with regards to hunger. So that's another way to kind of get deeper into the mind by making ourselves a little bit more uncomfortable, right? So we can actually have a more profound meditation experience. Um, what else? What else is logistical? So it's a 10 day meditation. You can leave anytime you want. You can leave anytime you want, right? And if you leave, you're out. You can't come back, you're gone. Can't break the chain. Um, I sat on the first time I did this meditation, I sat kind of in, I was just placed in more of the back rows. Everyone kind of sits in a big, beautiful square. Everyone has their own little spot with lots of space around you. So you're not like crowded in or feel stuffy. It's a beautiful, beautiful environment. The, uh, the meditation studio that they have, and it's really big and vast. Um, so you can leave whatever you want. I sat in the back. I knew one thing going in and I suggest if you're going to do Vipassana, just do not leave. That's the goal. Just do not leave. That's it. Just don't leave. One goal, get the, well, two, get there, right? Sign up, get there, right? And uh, don't leave. I saw people leaving after three days. I saw a bunch of people leaving at like, at like four or five and six days. I had a dude behind me. I couldn't believe he made it to seven days, seven and a half days and left. He was so close to the end. Um, and they even say on the website, they're like, um, uh, it's really that at that ninth and 10th days is when we really start to get deeper and really begin to purify the mind because we have so much awareness by sitting in meditation for all of those 78 and 80 hours leading up to those final couple of days. Um, the first three days, right? The first 30 hours of, of this meditation is doing something called anapana, which is all it is, is staying and being keenly aware, just like we worked with in that um, meditation in the beginning of this broadcast, is all we're doing is following the breath as it flows in and out of the nose. That's it. That's it. And, I mean, for 30 hours, for like one hour each, for 30 hours, for three days, all you're doing is that. What's also uh, part of Anapana is you can move your seat. You can find your seat and adjust your seat. Uh, I changed my seat a lot. I mean, not in, in the meditation itself, unless I really needed to if I was very uncomfortable. And this can get very uncomfortably and very confronting physically. Because if you're not used to sitting up uh, or always slouching in a chair or doing this or whatever, like this is uh, that my first meditation to, oh God, it was like my shoulders were killing me, my back was killing me, uh, my knees were killing, my ankles were killing me, depending on how I sat. Uh, one hour is a long freaking time to meditate and then you get, you know, sometimes we take a 15 minute break, right? And this is all scheduled, like every meditation. This isn't just like, oh, hey, we're gonna do this. Oh, hey, we're gonna do that. This tradition has been going on for um, like 25, or the the, um, the meditation itself has been around for 2,500 years. This is the same meditation that, uh, that Buddha used to create and bring forth his own enlightenment. This is when he sat the whole story of him sitting under the Bodhi tree uh, and all of a sudden, boom. Um, and we'll talk about how he got there and why this, how this technique helped him to, to receive that enlightenment. Um, 
So after, so you can change your seat a bunch. After that, um, when we get into the fourth day, that's when you learn the actual Vipassana meditation technique, which is just simply body scanning over and over and over again from bottom to top, or from top to bottom, from bottom to top, and all you're doing is trying to feel sensation. That's it. Sensation is, it could be a, a, you know, a, a, hot, a hot or cold skin, it could be a breeze that maybe comes through, or, or, or uh, maybe the way, um, it could be the breath on your, on the up, upper lip. So all we're doing is trying to feel sensation in the body, right, and then continually coming back again and again and again, we begin to create more awareness about what sensation is in the body. And it could be very, very subtle. And there's often times when I was meditating that there are just big blank spaces in my shoulder or my elbow, and you're invited when you're meditating to just sit and watch, sit and watch, sit and watch. And they kept repeating this one word over and over again, Anicca, 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 which means everything is changing all the time, which is the first law, universal law of the way the world is designed. Everything is changing all the time. All the time. And the second one is also second universal principle that they bring up in or they bring through and you'll experience it in the Vipassana meditation is that it is opposite. Everything is also in an opposite relationship. Um, but we also want to find what um, and the first teaching that Buddha brought to the world after he became enlightened through this technique was the middle way. So no aversion to pain or sensation or thought, right? But also not craving, right? Happiness, joy, bliss or whatever, but trying to stay in the middle, trying to stay in the middle. I think of like create aversion or the or opposites, like a pendulum swinging left and right, swinging, swinging, the more, um, uh, troubling life can be the faster it kind of goes side to side, side to side, side to side. If we begin to still and purify the mind and relax the body and the mind, we can slow that pendulum down so we're less pulled to cravings or pulled to aversion and really can find the middle, which is in the here and now, right? We can be more um, uh, objective in our choices, be more objective in our experience instead of continually subjectively enslaved by our thoughts or our feelings or, or manipulated by our relationships, right? We can find center. It's a very, very powerful place to be. And this is why meditation has been a practice in our humanity since the dawn of civilization, right? I mean, whatever you practice, whatever type of meditation you practice, um, this is it's gonna help you find that center. Vipassana goes a little bit deeper, right, than a lot of meditation practices because it's not about just relaxing the mind and the body. It's getting deeper to the root cause of a lot of the problems that you have in your lives, right, because we have what they are, sankara. Sankara in Sanskrit is, it's a rut. It's a rut, it's a habit, it's um, a relational, a relationship behavioral to things or other people or to ourselves or to a thought or to a feeling. And by hacking into our mind, by doing all these hours of meditation, we begin to get to the roots of our, our, of our, of our emotional, of our mental, of our psychological problems. We get to pull out the roots and we pull out the roots, those, those problems don't no longer exist. So, not saying Vipassana is gonna cure all your problems in these 10 days, but it's definitely gonna wake you up to a lot of these problems and eradicate several of them. And the process of doing so, I love what it talks about. It, it helps to bring more compassion and love to yourself and therefore to everybody else in your life. It's a beautiful practice. 
but it's fucking grueling. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's it is one of the most difficult trainings I've ever done. Um, it's it's created tremendous, tremendous, profound insights. Um, and one of the biggest problems I had in the beginning of this, the first time I did it, was um, the physical, just sitting up for an hour. Okay, and sitting up for an hour, right. So, say you have back problems or you're not used to sitting in kind of a, a more traditional meditation, meditative cross-legged, which is called Sukhasana, knees forward and, and feet behind you, which is called um, Varasana. Um, you can also sit in a chair, you can get a seat back. Here's a nice little story. Um, after my first, uh, you know, about day three or day two of my uh, meditation experience. I talked about noble silence, but there are opportunities to talk to the teachers that are there, okay? And um, all the teachings are done by, and actually brought to you by recordings by the master teacher that's been doing this since 1969, who learned from his teacher. And these recordings come to you from one particular recording, I think back in the mid or early 90s, like 94 or something like that, where so it's the same instruction that is going on throughout the world for all these Vipassana, Vipassana meditation centers. So it's not the, um, so it's like the same teaching everywhere all the time, each time it goes through, all, all the time. But there are, and that's by S.N. Goenka, I'll put his name in and, and bring him uh, that information into the notes uh, after the, in, within the podcast or within this um, this IG live save uh, that we'll do. So Goenka is the teacher, but there's also these master teachers there that help ground the group. And there's like a, a stage up front. They have um, I think two female instructors on the female side. They have two male instructors on the male side. They meditate with you. Uh, I think eight eight times. I think it's only eight times. Eight times throughout this entire practice, you can interview the teachers, which means you can sign up around lunchtime. Uh, and they only allow like out of like, I guess, 75 people, they only allow about like 15 people to sign up. And I was told by one of my uh, friends, Brian Nygaard, shout out to Brian, uh, who did it in June of 2016. And I went and did it in August. He goes, Will, he goes, sign up for every single interview. He goes, because a lot of questions are going to come up. And it's nice to kind of let these leak these or okay, let these questions come out and have them answered. So I went to my first interview, signed up, right? I'm at like day two, I think, or three. I've already done about 20 hours of meditation. And I asked the teacher, I was like, my body is killing me. I see all these other people, or there must have been like 25 or 20 people of our of this 75 group, group of men sitting in chairs, having seat back. And they're like, you know, they're like, and I'm really struggling with my body, like really str like tons of shoulder pain, and like back pain by, you know, again, trying to keep myself up sitting tall for that, um, for that, uh, for each one of those hours. And the teacher looks at me square in the face. He goes, Will, he goes, do you have any physical problems? I'm like, no. He goes, then find your seat. And I was like, oh my God. So, so a lot of my meditation, each one of those hours was dealing with my physical pain. And so I have these third, first 30 hours, in those first three days, I'm able to change my seat, find my breath, and kind of get comfortable with these long one-hour meditations, one after the other. And then four days, day four, right, you learn the Vipassana technique, which is, which is the body scan, over and over and over again, um, working patiently, diligently, and persistently, they kept saying, right? Um, but also, you're not allowed to move. 
You're not allowed to move at all. You got must sit with strong determination for that entire hour and not move anything. Not uh, like wet your lips, not change your shoulders, not roll through your head, like nothing. No physical adjustments at all. And wow, is that like blowing? I was really, really, really intense because there was times when, and it was so profound. Stillness is, is still, stillness and cold, because I do cold showers. I've done a lot of cold plunging with, uh, with Wim Hof and went to Spain with him in 2017. Um, and then I went back into Vipassana, and then I went, to, that was in July, and then I Vipassana in August. What a great year 2017 was for me. But cold and stillness, and stillness in this case with the Vipassana, has really helped me understand how incredibly wanting my mind is. Wanting meaning it always wants to seek comfort. It always wants to just go back to what it knows and never expand into new horizons to discover how strong I can be and what I can do. Because as I continually expand more of my horizons of my potential and what I'm actually capable of, I start encroaching on to the Sankara, which is our ruts, and we begin to eradicate these ruts, pull out those roots of those ruts, and begin to transform. But just like anything, like the, the ego and the mind, the ego and mind I'm using as the same word here, um, is an entity like anything else. Like anything, it wants to live, it wants to, it wants to thrive, and therefore it fights back when it feels threatened. And when we're sitting in stillness, and the mind is, and the body starts to get really agitated, or, or uh, you know, and you want to change your seat, and you're working with strong determination, which is also an intention, right? Which is that meditation is. It starts with what is your anchor in vipassana. It is body scanning and staying nice and still. Um, so uh, it was like incredibly confronting and disruptive to my mind. And my mind tried to get me to do a million. So all, all those like hours that I've done, so this is 200 hours of, of a pasta meditation that I did. I think I was only able to remain perfectly still. And that's like what, the seven, it's 140 hours. I was probably only able to remain perfectly still for maybe 20 of those hours. The other ones are just even a subtle movement. And I, you know, and so it's not like I'm taking score here. I just remember those moments in meditation where I can really, really sit still. Um, and in the process of sitting still and not fixing my seat because of the extreme pain that my knee might be in that, or my ankle or my back or my shoulders. And, and I'm just working with the natural course of things, which is a Nietzsche. Everything is changing all the time. And I would sit there and I'd sit there. And sometimes, you know, I had so much pain in my knee or my ankle just from sitting in, in a particular position for so long. And it would just be like, hit me like, oh my God, oh my God, pain, pain, pain. It's like, my mind's like, do something, do something, do something. And I'm like, no, 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 breathe, right? And just, and scan, and scan, and scan. And all of a sudden, after working with that strong determination, boom, it would shift, it would change. And all that pain that I was suffering just five seconds earlier was gone. Really amazing stillness. Really, really, really such a great teacher stillness. Um, because it also taught me how powerful and how strong I can be if I just hang in there. Lots of mental fortitude you'll develop and mental focus um, and resilience that you're going to develop uh, through, through Vipassana meditation. Um, any questions, please ask me a question. Ask, ask me a question. Um, so I think that's teacher interview. I think I hit everything on, um, on this first 
list here. We're, we're at one o'clock, so we have about 20 minutes. I'm going to keep going. But thanks for joining me today, the guys, the people that are out there. And thank you for listening, the ones that are listening later. And if you have any questions, if you're listening later um, on the podcast after it's been recorded, please send us an email. I'm at willnotfear at gmail.com. Uh, I can't remember John's uh, email address, but you can send him an email as well. And our website's coming very soon too, so you can um, tap in there. So why? So why do you want to do Vipassana meditation? Why put yourself through these 10 days? 10 days, that's a long time. You know, I was going back and, and actually watched, um, I did a Facebook Live back in 2016 when Facebook Live, I think it was really started to become more, or live streaming just like this first became really popular in 2016. I actually did a live stream. Uh, about a day or two after I got back from a positive meditation and talked about my experience. And I was so fucking chill and so relaxed and just so open and so deliberate and just so blissful, not even like happy, happy, just relaxed blissfulness is what I experienced for days and days after I came back from Vipassana. I mean, imagine what can your life be like if you understand what it likes to be blissfully confident and compassionate. Wow. And this is what this, uh, all this work and effort in Vipassana for 10 days helped bring through for me. Um, so it really helped me, again, to eradicate a lot of bullshit that gets in the way of my happiness, gets in the way of my focus, that gets in the way of my ter- of determination, that the voices and the feelings that sabotage my highest self and, and prevents me from really accessing and being and even um, touching my highest potential. So I can't, this is really amazing. Um, it helped me to make peace with everything. I mean, if I can make peace with myself, then, then the world is going to be more peaceful. So I'm not warring with myself on the inside for whatever, you know, uh, whatever. It could be something physical. It could be something emotional. It could be a relationship that keeps coming up but over and over again or something that agitates me. Um, just imagine making peace and letting things pass by and knowing things are going to change. And instead of coming, and, and coming back into that, um, that a craving, aversion, craving, aversion, craving, aversion, um, what if I'm just able to find the middle and we begin to suffer? This is a key Buddhist point. It's like anytime you attach yourself to anything, you're eventually going to suffer. That's also for the good stuff too because once that good stuff goes away, what are you left with? <gasps> oh, I'm so like, and then you're dragged down in some emotional circumstance. Mm, great way. Again, observational awareness is so much is what this practice is all about. Um, and I get to know my mind. I get to know the thoughts and the feelings. Um, um, and, and therefore, as they come up again in my life, when I'm outside of this Vipassana meditation, I could, um, I can make different choices around them, or I can just stop, or I could prevent myself from, um, entering, like, uh, entering, um, like say the holidays for a second, for a moment, right? Holidays are coming up, Thanksgiving, uh, you know, um, Christmas is around the way if you celebrate Christmas or whatever you celebrate out there and tr- family are, oh my God, could they be incredibly triggering? You know what I know what I'm talking about, right? What if you went in with a different game plan of just listening and being more um, um, compassionate and also knowing like you have the crazy aunt or brother or people that like to pull and trigger at you. It's like, what if you came up with a different game plan because you're working and living with more compassion? Oh, such, and, um, and it's a great way to hit reset. 
Really great way to kind of hit reset, ground yourself down, and just fucking relax and understand that life, it doesn't have to seem like it's coming at you all the time, right? Where instead, you're the facilitator. You're the one that dictates your experience. Really flips the script. So instead of living life um, in a reactionary state and hoping life, right? Instead of taking uh, responsibility for your own life, think about that, right? And um, instead of taking responsibility, you're just hoping that life and all of its chaos and all of the things that change meet your needs. And you think that actually life and people know your needs. That's never going to happen. And that's only going to continually, if you don't take charge, if you don't tap in, if you don't reflect or start to reflect in some way, you're going to be continually jerked around by your emotions, your thoughts, your relationships. And then you're just going to continually, I mean, that word suffering to me is like really a hard word. And it's a big part of the Buddhist philosophy, but that's what it is. You know, you don't need to unnecessarily suffer. Life is definitely going to have suffering moments. You're going to lose parents, you're going to lose a job, or, you know, you're going to suffer problems in life, but you don't have to suffer so deeply that you enter deep bouts of depression or, or loneliness or, or you just feel lost or confused. You can actually find a way to rescue yourself or even just ask for help. Okay, uh, so I talked about where is the next things on my notes. Any questions, let me know. Let me know. Let me know. Please, please, please. I'm glad... Um, uh, the two people that are on today right now. And I, I know, you know, a few more people have ju- jumped on. Oh, let me talk about uh, where I was in Shelburne's Falls. Uh, I actually had roommates during both times that I had two roommates. Uh, and this is, I'll sh- share some of my fun experiences going through this. Um, so I, uh, I got there, instead of getting there really early, you have to show up, I think at like four o'clock or something like that. And your first group sit is like at five. And I try, I try to get there. I don't want to really talk to anybody. I just want to go and get my game face on. Thank you so much. And then just jump right in, right? And just go. So I got there. Here's your room. There's this dude, Clark. I can't remember this other dude's name that was there. We had a pretty big room. We had lots of space around us. We had one bathroom we were sharing. Uh, and imagine having roommates, not knowing either of these people, and you're in complete noble silence, so you can't communicate with them. Whew, right? I actually fucking loved it. You know, it's funny after, during that week together that we had, how, um, you know, we would have this little pattern that we just, without communication, right, verbal communication, um, that we would have so-and-so would get up first, turn on the light in the bathroom. I think Clark went second. I'll talk about Clark a little bit more in in, in a moment. Uh, And then I would get up last and we'd all, you know, start with a meditation at at five in the morning. uh, in the meditation hall. So, um, I had some really crazy, incredibly profound dreams, like all sorts of stuff comes coming out when you sit in all this meditation hour after hour, day after day, um, sitting in stillness, your mind really starts to wake up. You might begin to see and begin to realize and see more of that mind in your dreams. So, um, uh, uh, so on the ninth morning, I thought I should, I, I need to mention as well, you're able, we actually break silence as a group and you're able to communicate, um, not in the meditation hall. We reserve that space in noble silence, but anywhere outside in the dining hall, outside on the grounds, you're able to, um, talk to one another. Um, so the, uh, we, we had our morning meditation, meditation, 
We broke silence in our after our first group meditation, eight o'clock in the morning. I come back and there's there's this one, I don't know where I forget uh, Anish I think was his name the other meditation, um, and Clark uh, uh, were able to talk and I thought literally Clark was a all he had was just these gray FedEx T-shirts. I'm like this guy must work for FedEx. You know I, mean, I had no way to communicate with him. I wasn't allowed to. So my mind starts making all these stories about who the fuck these people are in my room. So I come out, I walk in my room, Clark's there, and I was like, oh, I guess we can talk. So Clark and I got into an amazing discussion for about an hour or so before I think we, well, I forget what after we did after that. Um, he, sure enough, he is like, and uh, he is a, a professor at Pitts, uh, Pittsburgh University of Pittsburgh in um, uh, religious and philosophical studies. I was like, what a great roommate to have, right? So we start talking, he looks at me, and he's like, uh, Will, he goes, you do know you're talking your sleep, right? And I was like, oh my God. And uh, so he starts describing the story. And I remember on the, my third night, I think it was, I had this amazing dream that I was flying over the ocean on a hang glider, right? And doing circles over the ocean as hang glider. It was like, the, it, was, it was an exhilarating experience in my dream. And, um, and I, I remember this dream, it was really profound. And I didn't know I was talking because I was asleep. But all I was saying is, "Wee! I'm flying! I'm flying! And I'm flying!" I mean, I think I don't know what the volume was, but it wasn't like it was quiet. I was just, "Boom! I'm flying! Wee! I'm flying!" And Clark told me this story. I was kind of mortified in some ways. He goes, "Yeah, you're really having a good time in that dream." And I was like, "Wow!" So I wasn't didn't break silence technically, but I was speaking in my fucking sleep. I used to talk in my sleep uh, a lot more as a kid. I definitely do some now. I guess I guess everybody does. But I thought that was a really, really funny, funny experience. And, uh, and that experience um, of Vipassana meditation, having this roommate, Clark and I, since 2016, talk at least once a month just to check in with each other and see how we're doing. And he's been actually a, a, an incredible support in helping me um, uh, get a little, um, understand how I can use um, this platform that John and I created, Mind Talking Mindfulness, more effectively to help more men. And, uh, and just, he's just a great resource and to have somebody in my life and I really appreciate, thank you so much, Clark, if you're going to listen to this later, to have a man in my life, another person that is so well studied, but also studies, um, religious, um, philosophies and studies, um, and helps me, uh, to access more, a, a greater depth of, of these studies, practices and studies themselves. So, uh, shout out to, 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 to Clark and thank you for still being a part of my life. Um, uh, so let's uh, get it. Got like another 15 minutes or so. I'm going to go. So thanks for, st for staying tuned. Um, and uh, let's actually come back to also that noble silence and breaking that noble silence. Here's another fun story. Uh, so we break. It's August and it's hot, really hot. I mean, the meditation hall was, was, um, was air conditioned. The rooms are air conditioned. Outside was hot. Um, so uh, here I am sitting in... Um, um, a uh, sitting in all this meditation, all this silence for days and days and days. I also made a vow, and I think they might even say, like, they give you a whole list of, like, the code of discipline um, with Vipassana. And, you know, and part of that communication or part of, like, also challenging your beliefs is, like, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, like, masturbating or anything like that for days, so I was, like, really, like, whew. so we get out, we're able to mingle, not just with men, but also able to mingle with women. And there were some very sexy women at this particular um, 
August uh, 2016 retreat. And I was like, oh, I mean, they're just like, and I haven't really, you know, had really an opportunity to think about women in that capacity. Um, but I, I'm, 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 I'm taking women, I'm like, oh my God. So my mind, I mean, they're just, it, it's, it's tough. I mean, part of our biology, right, is our sexuality. You know, period, it's there, it's part of our DNA, it's part of our information, it has its own energy, and definitely has a voice in my mind. So for those next, uh, after, oh God, being around some women, talking to some women, whew, you know, being, I mean, I'm a, I'm a man, you know, that really loves and enjoys women, so I'd go back in for that, for that ninth day and into that tenth day. It was really hard to get by and sit in stillness and not um, think about, um, women and what I would love to be a part of with women, you know, like, or, or what to do, uh, and, and the relationships I like to have with some, oh, just women in general, that was some, that made it much more difficult <laughs> to, and I know I'm being raw and honest and a little bit vulnerable, and I don't want to sound sexist or anything like that at all, I mean, I'm just, I'm a man, I, I really enjoy um, relationships with women, um, so it was, it was tough to go back and meditate uh, after, um, God being in silence for how many days and, and oh God, it was, it was, it was a really funny part. And like, I'm like, oh my God, I sit down and meditate and like, oh wow, a whole nother level of thought comes up into my mind as I do this. But, uh, mm. so, um, uh, the second time I did it, God, I had this, I had actually a teacher in my life that, uh, really crossed a line about a couple weeks before I went in. You know, really, really, really crossed the line, and, and it was it was very upsetting to me because I really trusted her, and 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 it was just, it was just I was really distraught, um, and I knew I had to let go of this person in my life too, which is something I I didn't want to do, but you know I I just I I just knew is is healthy for me, and uh, and I had a lot of anger around this. A lot, a lot of anger, and and, and I would sit, and, and you just go so deep into your mind with Vipassana. You just go deeper and deeper. You get to understand its fucking insanity and chaos, and 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 how it's try to continually manipulate you and control you. So I had a lot of anger around this particular event that this teacher created for me, and I don't know how many days it was. But it would. This was one of the predominant thoughts, and therefore feelings that kept coming up in my meditation. And I don't know what day it was. Day four, day five, or something like that. All of a sudden, it just boom, gone. It just left. It just left. It just left my consciousness, the energy, the anger, and the feelings left my body, and I was like, woo, like a whole new field of possibility. So that was quite a relief, and and and, and it's amazing. Like when we're for me, right, uh, when I was emotionally distraught and, um, and agitated, how it just keeps playing in the mind, keeps playing in the mind. Um, uh, uh, I also, you know, so I, I actually wrote this little, uh, so I did a big, um, I did a kind of a vlog post I talked about on the IG Live in 2016. I went back and wrote in 2017, um, prior to going into my second Vipassana meditation, like, why I'm going back in and what I'm doing. Um, and I have here, um, um, I said it opens, this is a quote I had from that writing I did in 2017, opens my heart to more love, acceptance, and gratitude, allowing my huge heart to shine and burst open with joy. 
That's what Vipassana has done for me. Um, uh, one other thing I thought it was interesting. I, um, uh, I think it was the first one I did in 2016. There was um, an elderly man that wanted to do this. He must have been 75, 80. He was an Asian man that really wanted to be part of this um, part of this practice. And he had helpers around him. So, um, so he had people, he had a walker, you know, I mean, just think about this. He had a walker, he had a chair all the way in the back that he sat in and someone would walk him uh, and he would take himself also to the, the Vipassana hall every day. He wouldn't eat in the dining hall with us because I think his mobility was limited, but he wanted to do this. Here's a guy, you know, at, at, at the, the end years of his life in 75, 80, maybe he was even older. I don't know. I have no idea. But he wanted to do this for himself and he showed up every single day and did these nine or 10 hours of meditation every single day. He ate in his room, because I remember seeing them, uh, you know, that they, they would have plates and a tray and they would take and he'd eat in his own room. But you know, here's a guy, 75, 80 years old, like anybody can do this, anybody can do this. And it's donation based, which is really beautiful. Um, one last thing, so uh, my little entertainments, I wasn't able to read or watch, or watch TV or whatever. And, um, they were, uh, they were doing some construction in 2016 to make the facility more accommodating, not for more people, to just make it more comfortable for everybody to have their own room, I think it was. I'm not sure if they still have roommates there, but they're really expanding. So um, they had this little pathway from the men's, uh, and the men's and women's dormitories were separated completely. Like I didn't see a woman all week, except when I was in the, um, except when I was in, the, in uh, uh, the meditation hall, not even the dining hall. You completely separated, which I, which I really appreciated in a lot of ways. Um, which for what I talked about earlier, because my meditation probably would have been harder, because I, I, I would have been thinking um, in, 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 the, in, in ways that I think you know what I'm saying. So, um, so I would walk between this, this uh, uh, you know, to go to the dining hall every day, and, and there was this beautiful swallow's nest that this is August, uh, and I didn't know anything about swallows. Beautiful bird, black bird with uh, you know white and yellow coloring, like just very simple two patterns of white and yellow. Um, beautiful birds, uh, and they had just hatched some chicks. So over ten days, and I think they hatched just before we got there, right after we got there. And you can see, I just watched these chicks grow over these ten days. They their feathers started to change. They actually got a lot bigger, uh, and I watched. And I didn't realize this, I checked this, I was very curious about like, well, how are they, because it seemed like there would be every, you know, five or 10 minutes, another, a swallow would come, I think it's just one mom, but actually they work in collection, in um, community with one another, and they would um, continually fly in and, and, and to, to feed the chicks, the chicks knew the mom was there, it's still, and like, you know, and just like that little yapping or, or the little, uh, I forget, a little tweeting. Then they'd do chirp, 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 chirping, chirp, 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 chirp. And then mom would feed them and go back out. A couple minutes later, another swallow would come in. So that was my entertainment for the day. Just sitting there in the sun and the great weather, you know, um, in between meditations and just watching nature right in front of me with these growing chicks, with chirping chicks, right? Watching the mothers feed them and just being in the bliss with nature. I know everything is changing all the time. So that's my Vipassana experience, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, yeah, a little bit of a different episode today without John being with us. Um, 
but I hope you gained some value out of this. Please bring your questions. John and I will be back next week. Oh, just here's another announcement. We're going to close next week. So we, we just did uh, our first season was 20 episodes. We're going to take off six weeks. Okay. We're going to take off six weeks and uh, then we're going to come back on January 1st, which is a Friday at 1230 will be our first episode for um, our second season. Uh, where we're just going to make some refinements and make this platform even better. And again, we're always would love your uh, feedback here, how we can help more men, how we can help you understand more mindfulness, men and women. And uh, I really appreciate you being here today. We're going to close with just a couple breaths. Let's sit up nice and tall. Good, good, good. Exhale. Yeah, sit up tall. Find your seat for a moment. Exhale your breath all the way out. And just watch, just taking these few breaths with me. We're gonna do five of them. Watch how your mental and physical experience changes. Exhale out. Big giant breath. You really gotta work for a big breath. Exhale, sound your mouth. Two more, big breath in. Exhale, let that go. Uh, two more in breath, bigger, 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 fill, 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 exhale, 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 so nice, so nice, get one more, inhale, let that go, and just take a moment and tap in and see how you're feeling now, just a little scan from top to bottom, feel your body, here we are emotionally. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for showing up. Thank you for being part of this discussion. I hope you take on Vipassana meditation someday. If you have never meditated before, Vipassana might not be the best place to go right now because it really is is grueling. But I'm not trying to. I'm just saying from my experience. Like uh, I think you might want to meditate a little bit get to know yourself a little bit in meditation before you're going through Vipassana. But if you want to jump right into those 10 days, go right ahead. But if you are, and anybody that's going to do Vipassana, I really suggest, the, I don't like to, all, all I ask you to do, I request that you do, just to, to be determined not to leave at any point. Just don't leave, stay, keep showing up for yourself. Thank you for showing up here today and I'll catch you all on the flip side. This is Men Talking Mindfulness, episode 19. I'm Will. Uh, standing in and being here for John as well. And we thank you for showing up and being part of this discussion. Have an awesome day. Peace. Thanks for joining Will and John on Men Talking Mindfulness. If you enjoyed the show, please like and share it with your friends and family. And please, we would appreciate a review too. Until next time, this has been Men Talking Mindfulness. Thanks for showing up.